Hello and welcome to the Sportstopia Fantasy Fire and Ice podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Today is Wednesday, September 13th. We're getting so close to the end of this season, but we've still got some pretty darn good games left. Uh, with me today is my good friend, Sarah Sanchez. Sarah, how are you doing this morning? Well, aside from losing my Kyron Williams bid for $4, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, how are you doing? Four dollars that $4. would frustrate the heck out of me. That is a frustrating one. Um, I'm doing well, I am doing well because uh, I actually play in a league where there is no fab. And to be honest with you, that's kind of how I prefer it. I know that fab is a skill based <laughs> thing, but I do love the fact that if I'm just up late at night, I can either get my guy or can hit the waiver wire, and that is fine with me too. But yeah, that is a frustrating one. Four dollars is definitely something that would. Grind my gears. We won't talk about it for the rest of the show, I promise, Sarah. Um, we're going to help you build a DFS lineup with help from the awesome Sports Logic Contrarian Optimizer. Um, real quick, taking a look at the weather, it doesn't look like anything that's really going to affect anything today. There is a chance for some rain in the East Coast. Of course, there is. It's mid September. There's always a chance for rain in the middle of uh, this time of year, but it doesn't sound like anything's going to be playing in effect. But there are some injuries that you got to be playing close attention to. A couple in particular at the third base slash first base position. Andy Diaz leaves his game with a testicular contusion. Fouls a ball right below the belt, unfortunately. Um, consider day-to-day. -day. I would imagine that day-to-day -day is going to mean out of the lineup for a little bit. Because that is just an injury that you don't typically see a player come back the next day from. And then Heimer Candelario, placed on the 10-day injured list. This one's kind of a bummer for the Cubs and for fantasy managers. Uh, who are we looking at, Sarah, as potential replacements for Candelario with him on the injured list? Yeah, it's really a bummer, particularly because they're playing in Colorado. And, I mean, I have him in a handful of weekly lineups because I sure. really wanted to get some of those sweet course field uh, starts. I think that Cody Bellinger is going to move over to first base uh, and they're going to let PCA get some run in center field. Um, sure. One of the things that the Cubs have been able to do this year is put Cody Bellinger at first base and play around with that center field spot. Um, also probably means that Nick Madrigal is going to be in the lineup uh, at third base. And, and this is a preview for one of my guys later, because I think there's some Cubs you can stack today. Yeah, I think so as well. And we'll actually be going head to head with one of those stacks, I think, <laughs> which will be a lot of fun. But I think we both maybe like the over a little bit in that one. Um, but definitely a, a bummer to see, but player that you need to make sure is not in your lineup. If you, for some reason, had something set for uh, him to be in your DFS lineup, that will not be happening. Uh, just a couple of quick other injury updates to get you through. Uh, Mark Hanna left with wrist soreness. He is considered day-to-day. -day. Wouldn't be a surprise if he gets a day off. Keep in mind that a lot of teams are going to have Thursday off or they're going to be starting a new series. So you'll see teams be extra precautious with those type of things. And then for the Cardinals, who have just had such a disaster of a season, Nolan Gorman and Wilson Contreras both leave with injuries in their games. They are considered day-to-day. -day. Keep in mind with the Cardinals, they are playing for absolutely nothing. There is no reason to rush um, these type of injuries back. Um, no reason for those guys to be in the lineup unless they're 100%. Heck, even when they are 100%, I think there's a very good chance you'll see Wilson Contreras get some days off to be fresh for the 2024 season. 
probably not what he was signing up for, Sarah, when he signed that massive deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. And a little bit that kind of bums me out because I really like Wilson Contreras and I think it would have been fun to see him be a Cub and be a team that are almost assuredly knocking on wood because, you know, I we want your team to be in the postseason. Um, almost assuredly going to the postseason. It'd be kind of fun to see Contreras back being the backstop for that team, wouldn't it? Oh, I, he's my favorite player. I mean, you can see his little bobblehead yeah. back behind me, which might be my favorite bobblehead of all time. It's got like a removable mask. It's got his nice. Venezuelan arm sleeve before MLB told him he couldn't wear the Venezuelan flag as an arm sleeve for hashtag reasons because right. Rob Manfred hates fun. Um, no, <laughs> I, it's a super bummer. And honestly, I'm still cheering for Wilson Contreras. He's one of a handful of Cubs to Cardinals players that I will not let that rivalry get in the way of cheering for my favorites. Uh, I also cheered for Dexter Fowler for a couple of years. Like, you know, what are you going to do? They're 2016 Cubs, man for life. Dexter Fowler. I did not think we would be talking about Dexter Fowler <laughs> today, but I'll, you know, it's funny. I still, because I'm a dork, I'll go to baseball reference pages all the time and look. I still don't believe that Dexter Fowler actually played for the Houston Astros. Like, it can, you can say all you want. I think it's fake news. I don't actually believe that Dexter Fowler was actually a Houston Astro, but people keep trying to tell me it's a real thing. The Suspettis family barbecue t shows me pictures of them interviewing him as a member of the Houston Astros. I still don't believe it. I think it's planted. It just didn't happen, Sarah. Um, let's take a look at some stacks we're using. And since we're talking about the Cubs, uh, while Dexter Fowler is no longer there, there are some pretty good options there. And I think that the Cubs might be one of the stacks that you're looking to play today. Yeah, if you're playing an early DFS game, you could do a lot worse than the Cubs at Coors Field. And a lot of these guys are riding some hot hitting streaks right now. Christopher Morrell hit the longest home run of his career at Coors Field mm. to dead center earlier this series, 466 feet, light tower power. And he should probably get some run at DH, particularly since they're down uh, Candelario. Uh, Seiya Suzuki has been red hot. I've been calling the month September. Like he looks like <laughs> exactly the dude the Cubs hoped they were getting sure. when they signed him to that big contract. And he's a $4,600 outfielder, which means he's really cost effective at that position. Oh, yeah. Jan Gomes has been doing damage everywhere recently. It seems like he just drives in, runs all of the time. Again, a really cost effective player at $3,900. And I mentioned him earlier, Nick Madrigal. He can fill out your third base spot for $3,200. And, and I think that, that all of those are really nice players in a perfect ballpark. And it's kind of a must-win game for the Cubs after they drop a, kind of a heartbreaker to the Rockies yesterday. Yeah, that was an interesting game to watch. And I think our buddy Sarah Langs may have had a uh, couple of wee moments in that one because there was some up and down uh, with that game. But yeah, they need to get that. And one of the reasons I really like um, playing uh, those right-handed hitters is that Kyle Freeland is just not good against right-handed hitters. And the fact that the game is in course field as well, uh, I mentioned this in our article. And by the way, make sure you're checking out the sportstopia.io page. It's awesome. There's tons of great stuff for all of the sports right now, football and baseball, of course, since we're in season, but we're going to have a bunch of great stuff. I just did a daily lineup thing. And that, that was absolutely my stack is because I want as many right-handed hitters against Kyle Freeland when he's pitching in Coors Field as possible, and that's exactly what we have going on here. I expect the Cubs to score a lot of runs. Uh, another team that I think can score a lot of runs today is the Yankees, which is a weird thing to say because for most of the season, the Yankees have not scored a heck of a lot of runs, but I'm going to take a chance against Tanner Houck because Tanner Houck, since returning from the injury, both eye test and statistically just has not passed the test for me. He is 
a guy that I think has a chance to be a really nice multi-inning reliever and maybe even like someday a high leverage reliever, a guy you could use as a closer. I just don't buy him as a starter. And there have been a few moments that suggest that I'm an idiot that, well, there's been a lot of moments that suggest I'm an idiot over my 40 years, but there have been a few moments. (laughs) There you go. Uh, The, there have been a lot of moments that suggest that how just might be a decent mid rotation back end starter, but they're often filled or followed right back up with areas of disappointment. Uh, The nice thing here too, is, is that you don't have to go lefty heavy. You can't really go lefty heavy with the Yankees, but I'll go Austin Wells, who is a left-handed hitter, uh, DJ LeMahieu, Gleyber Torres, uh, and Aaron judge. Look, Aaron judge, very expensive, but I'll bet on him to take a, get a homer or get three or four total bases, pretty much any time driving a couple of runs. And I like those other guys to kind of fill out the rest of their lineup. Uh, I'll give you my other stack as well. You're going with the Cubs against the Rockies. I'm going with the Rockies against the Cubs. And it's because I just don't believe in Jamison Tyon right now, Sarah. He is coming off easily his best start of the year. Six innings of one hit baseball, got nine strikeouts. Looked like the guy the Cubs were hoping to get. But then you take a look at the starts he's had from the previous outings, and they have been not so good. And the fact that he's playing in the most unfriendly confines of unfriendly confines, I'm just kind of betting on a regression to what we've seen from Tyon all year. I actually think Tyon's a really nice bounce back candidate for 2024 because he's not this bad. But he may not be. He certainly isn't as good as he showed uh, in his last start against the Diamondbacks. I'll take that chance. Uh, I'm going to go with... Elias Diaz, Nolan Jones, Charlie Blackman, and Chris Bryant, former Cub, who we talked about prior to the show. Injury prone, but certainly capable of doing some fun stuff when he's in the lineup. I also think that this can be an affordable little mix that you can get, similar to your mix with the Cubs versus the Rockies. Uh, Basically, what I'm saying is uh, I expect a lot of runs to be scored in Coors Field on Wednesday. I mean, I expect a lot of runs to be scored in this game, too. And I think you're spot on stacking against Jamison Tyon. I've done it a handful of times this season. This could really wind up being a double-digit affair on both sides mm-hmm. of the sure. ball. It Both of these teams have been hitting the ball well. Neither of these pitchers really inspire a lot of confidence. I think it's a, I think it's a great call stacking against Tyon at Coors. Uh, definitely here for it. I might just stack that whole game. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> the... Other stack that I am super interested in here is is less of a contrarian pick and more of an obvious pick, but I had to go with it and the optimizer agrees. I got to stack the Astros against the A's. It's the A's versus, I I can't even think of a bigger mismatch in baseball, except maybe this year's Braves versus the Athletics. Um, And this is a pricey stack, but I think you take this pricey stack and you pair it with something a little bit cheaper that's also Mm -hmm. on the slate. Maybe one of those like, Kansas City stacks or White Sox stacks, and you and sure. you just get some premium horses in this game. Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, and Chaz McCormick is the stack that I like with the Astros here. But honestly, you can't really go wrong in that lineup. No, and here's the thing: because the Astros have won, or excuse me, lost the last two games against the Athletics. Talk about time for some regression for the Oakland Athletics. Like, you're. It's hard for me to imagine them sweeping it as a Seattle Mariner fan. Go A's. I, I I have to be honest with you, Sarah. I hope you're wrong about this one. I really would love to see Paul Blackburn, who's been okay, shove and pitch really well and give my Mariners a chance to get back into the division race as well as the wild card. But the head tells me that that's an absolutely great stack. And just like when Houston's at its best, that lineup is just as good as anybody. You talk about like 
yes, Jose Altuve, not exactly the most popular player in baseball, but has certainly shown that he is still one of the better second basemen in the game. Jordan Alvarez, one of the most feared hitters on the planet. Kyle Tucker, always underrated. And Chaz McCormick, a nice little play as well. That's not terribly expensive either. So you get your big three, and then you get something that can kind of even things out, kind of lets you play with the pitching as well. I don't like that I like that stack, Sarah, but I do like that stack an awful lot. Uh, let's go into the pitching. Uh, not the best day for pitching in my humble estimation. We, we kind of talked about a couple of guys that we're kind of looking to play against, but who are some arms that you kind of like for this Wednesday slate? I am really looking at Logan Allen against San Francisco today. Mm. I think that Logan Allen has had a couple of nice outings. Uh, recently, he went five and only gave up one earned run, striking out six in his last run against the Los Angeles Angels. But the other thing here is that, you know, he's a lefty and the the San Francisco Giants have not been great against left-handed pitching this year. So right. I think Logan Allen is a cost-effective starter who you can pop into your lineup, and then maybe he lets you get some of those bigger bats in your lineup too. Yeah, I like that call a lot. And look, the, the fact that they're not great against lefties, the fact that San Francisco absolutely playing for their playoff lives um, wouldn't shock me if you got six innings of two-run baseball there, maybe even a little bit better. Um, six or seven strikeouts, I think you can pair that with another guy and do pretty well. Um, using the optimizer and finding some other cheap options. I like that call quite a bit. I mean, this is the opposite of contrarian. It's as obvious as you were talking about with Houston. You've got to start Luis Castillo against the Angels. It is the most obvious of obvious plays, but you got to do it. Castillo has not lost in the last eight starts, which, you know, you can talk about wins and losses. It gives you an idea of how well he's pitched and the fact that the Mariners have given him some run support and he usually goes deep enough into games that he can qualify for that W six and zero over those eight starts uh, went has pitched really well outside of one ineffective start against the Mets, which a little bit wind issues going on there and some just didn't have his best command. It happens for the best of them. There is no starting pitcher anymore, Sarah. That is just set it and forget it. We're not going to see the 1.75 ERA guys, I think, for a little while. But Luis Castillo is awfully good. He's facing off against an Angels lineup. That just I, as I've watched these three games or the first two games of the series, Sarah, it's awful, and it gives you an idea of just you're going to be stacking. Assuming Jose or Jose, assuming Shohei Otani is not a part of the Angels next year, you're going to be stacking uh, against them pitch wise a lot, and maybe even against their pitchers because they're not that good. It's it's going to be an ugly situation, but you see just right now how bad this Angels team is going to be in 2024. They're pretty bad now in 2023 and using an option like Castillo, even though it is extremely pricey, whether you're doing FanDuel, whether you're doing DraftKings, you still have to have them in your lineup. I think Castillo is a great call. And if you hadn't put him on your list, I was going to put him on mine. I mean, this Angels team looked like looks like they waved the white flag at the waiver yeah. deadline. I mean, I, literally, like they just, yeah. they have given up on the season, you've got, you know, Rendon out there saying that he doesn't speak English when reporters try to ask him questions Oof. about what's going on. You've got rumors that they might trade Mike Trout. And honestly, like that seemed unthinkable a few years ago. I, I think you're absolutely right with Luis Castillo. And Luis Castillo has been unbelievably good this year. So I think that's a great call. Another guy who I think has been unbelievably good this year and maybe a little bit underrated. He's, he's a little pricey, but he's certainly coming off the best start of his season is Zach Gallen. 
Zach Allen's coming off a complete game shutout of the Cubs, and he gets the Mets, well, yeah. or the remnants of the Mets, as the case may be. <laughs> and I think that Zach Allen is a no-brainer to start today. He's yeah. looked excellent recently. He's a guy who's kind of on the outside of that Cy Young conversation looking in. If he could get a few more great starts going on, I think that he's somebody who gets talked about a little bit there. And so I think Zach Gallen could put up a really big start today against the New York Mets. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are the two best options for sure. Uh, with all due respect to Spencer Strider, I just think that you know, I think he'll probably get his strikeouts, but didn't look great in his last start and is a pretty pricey one going up against a team that is still playing I'm more than just playing for is in control of that top wild card spot, which is a big deal because it means that you get to play home games and getting a chance to play home games for Philadelphia. I think we saw how good that team looked in the postseason. They look good on the road too, but they looked awfully good when they were playing in front of that raucous crowd. I'll be honest with you here. My four, my second option, it's just taking a chance here on an MLB debut. I'll go with Jackson Rutledge against the pirates. Look, uh, Jackson Rutledge was a guy that, for those of you who don't know, I've covered the draft for way too many years, was a very interesting prep arm, has dealt with injuries and inconsistency, but has kind of put things together, is more of a back-end starting profile than the high top-end type of guy that he looked like as a prep. That happens an awful lot, Sarah, and we see a lot of guys who look like they're going to be something special out of high school, and a lot of things can go right or wrong, uh, to, depending on it. It's the reason why we have never seen a prep right-hander drafted with the first overall pick, and we probably never will. Um, but I just will take the chance on Rutledge to be a solid, if unspectacular, option. And this has a lot to do with the fact that in the main slate or even in the turbo slate, whatever you're looking at, I'm just not in love with a lot of these starting options. I'm not in love with a lot of these prices. I'll take a chance on a rookie making a solid MLB debut against a mediocre Pittsburgh team. I mean, I also love this call. I think that the I, I watched the Pirates against a rookie making his debut about a week ago when Jordan oh. Wicks came out. And oh, that's right. That was not, that was a nine strikeout game for Jordan Wicks. The Pirates really didn't have anything uh, on his arsenal or his changeup, and so I, I I wonder how well prepared they'll be for this matchup. But I also just think that you could do a lot worse than taking a flyer on a top end draft pick. So absolutely love this call. It's cost effective, and the Pirates do not inspire confidence. Uh, before we get into uh, looking at some underused uh, options, Sarah, what do you think about Ryan Pepiot tonight going up against Blake Snell, this, the presumed Cy Young winner in the NL, and it's becoming more and more a favorite, although Zach Gallen with a great start tonight maybe can close that a little bit. Uh, Padres have been obviously probably the most disappointing team in baseball, if not the most disappointing, certainly one of them. What do you think about using him? Because Pepiot's been excellent, 2-0 and with a 0.86 ERA. But going up against Blake Snell, that's kind of a tough little matchup. Well, didn't he flirt with a perfect game or a no sure the last time he was out? I mean, <laughs> he, he sure did. a chance on this. I, I absolutely love what Pepio has been doing this season. Uh, he's gone five innings or more in three of his four starts, and he's only given up a handful of earned runs in all of them. I mean, I think that he's coming off a great start. He's going up against the Padres team that probably is on the outside looking in. They're another team that sort of has that, like, we wave the white flag look about them a little bit. And, yeah, mm -hmm. I absolutely love the idea of starting Pepe on this game. Um, I, I think I like him more than the idea of starting Blake Snell in this game, even though Snell has also been excellent. Yeah, and the thing there, too, is that Pepe quite a bit less expensive 
that'll change <laughs> for next year. He's going to be, but you know, the it takes a little bit of time sometimes for these prices to catch up. It is weird to say, like, if I told you that Blake Snell was the favorite to win the NL Cy Young, you would be thinking that the Padres were like 84 and 55 or something like that. And now you look at him and Blake Snell is like the only positive that you can basically take from the San Diego team. Isn't that weird? It is weird, but I have to object because Justin Steele is my favorite okay, to win okay. the NL Cy Young. And I Fair feel like he earned that spot. Now, I know that the odds makers may slightly disagree, but sure. I think that if Blake Snell has any edge on Justin Steele at the moment, it is like 0. .03 earned runs and sure. like four innings. So yeah. Justin, Ste Justin Steele is my Cy Young candidate. And if I was going to place a prop bet on a Cy Young guy, that would yeah. be the dude that I'd be looking at. I think that he's more interesting than Snell. I think he's absolutely shoved this season. And yeah. neither of those dudes strikes out a ton of guys, right? Like if you want strikeouts for your Cy Young, you're going with Spencer Strider. Yeah. Like Snell and Justin Steele, I think the edge has to go to Steele. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. I think also the narrative might change a little bit, especially if Steele can pitch well in his final couple of starts. The Padres are nowhere close to playoff contention. Um, obviously, the Cubs are very much in this thing. Um, Philadelphia versus Chicago would be a really interesting first-round playoff matchup, which is kind of like looking like what we're going to see. Um, that'll be interesting because I think if you're if you're able to set the rotation, I think Justin Steele's probably starting that first game going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. All right, let's take a look at this uh, contrarian and optimizer and look at some value plays that you could be looking at. Um, the optimizer really likes the White Sox today. They really, and I understand why the Royals are not good. They're going up against a pitcher that has not had a heck of a lot of success and isn't very likely to go very deep. Um, it's also interesting that the optimizer does like Tanner Houck. Um, sometimes the optimizer and I get along really well and sometimes, you know, not so much, but this is absolutely one of those cases where I am going to, uh, disagree with it. I also think that's an interesting call, um, looking at, uh, Andrew Monasterio. That makes sense as a little bit of a cheaper option who gives you good points value, uh, of these names, Sarah, is there anybody who really stands out? Uh, you know, I was looking at this a little while ago and I was thinking that the, I really like the idea, and I think I mentioned this a second ago, of, of stacking some of these Royals or White Sox in this game. You've got a handful of places where you can combo the Astros with either one of those teams, and I think that that's a solid stack for today. Uh, Optimizer likes Edward Olivares as a cheap outfield option at $2,800. Also mm. really likes Tim Anderson as going for $3,300 and he's leading off for the White Sox. I mean, that seems like a couple of places where you can get some really solid plays. Um, my pick for a cheap leadoff option, though, has got to be Michael Garcia. I think that Michael Garcia has been really great recently for the Royals. And I think, again, you're looking at a value play. He allows you to then stack some of those Astros and those big bats around him. You can get Jordan Alvarez and that 175 WRC plus he's put up in the last couple of weeks. You can get Jose Altuve and that 211 WRC plus he's put up in the last couple of weeks. And then you just kind of balance it with some of these cheaper guys. So my, my pick here is Michael Garcia, but I don't think you can go wrong with a lot of these White Sox or Royals. What do you think about Trevor McGill? The optimizer likes him as a starting pitching option. That's not necessarily one I was thinking about, but at that salary price, that's a little bit interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. And I think what the optimizers is going at here, a couple of things. One, that's that start over in, um, in uh, City Field. So you're looking at 
what's going on in New York, that's a great place to pitch. Uh, it's also, um, you know, that could be, a, or I, sorry, Trevor McGill, not Tyler McGill. Uh, sure. that's, that's, that's that Milwaukee versus Miami game. And, you know, that's an interesting matchup. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it, but. Mm, that, at that price, $4, that's it. That, man, you could, you could do a lot worse than $4,000. How are you feeling about the McGill pick? Yeah, I think that that price makes it very interesting for me. Now, I would not be pairing him with Tanner Houck, to be completely honest with you. If I was <laughs> going to do that, I would. I'm sorry, Tanner. You've, you're probably a really nice guy. I just don't believe in you as a starting pitching option right now. I'd probably be pairing him with maybe a more expensive option, maybe even like a Yusei Kikuchi, who. By the way, the Blue Jays have just looked awful in this series so far. This has been a real, that was a real surprise to me because Texas looked like they were on the downswing. Blue Jays looked like they were playing up. Of course, Blue Jays were getting to play teams like Oakland and Washington and Kansas City. That certainly always makes teams look a little bit better, but it just kind of looked like a, a terrible matchup uh, for the Rangers. On the contrary, this has been, uh, this is what I love. This is going to be a fun final couple weeks. Oh, it's going to be absolutely incredible. I mean, the Rangers have been quite a disappointment as of late, but Better Boss in the chat mentions that the Mets and Padres are the two most disappointing yes. teams ever in the same season. I think the only thing that I might add to that is that the Angels probably hit that Ooh. same stratosphere yeah. of disappointment for me yeah. this season, just because yeah. how can you have Shohei Otani, <sighs> Mike Trout on the same team, and this is what you get? The Tungsten O'Doyle curse is alive and well. And it's amazing that that curse is alive and well when Tungsten O'Doyle isn't actually a real player. But it is absolutely a real thing for those who don't know what we're talking about. Congratulations on not being on Twitter. It, it means that you are living a very good life. Uh, really quick, make sure that you're checking out. Uh, if you're watching this and you want to try out that contrarian optimizer, make sure you're using that uh, code on the bottom screen. Uh, it gives you a chance to give it a try for a very cheap price. We can't recommend it enough. Sarah and I are new to daily fantasy sports, and it has made things so easy for us. Now, we're biased, so we would lie to you if we had to lie to you, but we don't because it is such an impressive thing to be able to just generate these lineups, give you those contrarian plays. It is such a cool thing to be able to use. We cannot recommend it enough. Um, Sarah, anything else that you're looking at today that's uh, interesting? I'm just I'm just glad to see some love for Justin Steele over here in the <laughs> comment section. Could not agree with you more. Favorite on a winning team for sure. Uh, on the optimizer though, I just have to say I've been playing around with some of the tools there, the auto stacking, and you can do a stack attack mode or not a stack attack mode. You can opt in to having the opposing pitcher in the field or out. Right. I think that there's a lot of ways to customize and tweak your lineup here, and it just takes some of the guesswork out of trying to figure out who that best $2,800, $2,500 player is to round out your daily stack. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you can take the guesswork out of something like this, it is very nice. Uh, that's going to do it for the Fantasy Fire and Ice podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Crawford underscore MILB. You can follow Sarah at BCB underscore Sarah. Please hit like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Stay tuned for daily shows every week, and we will see you next time.